The conditions were tough, the wind blew hard, it was so difficult to control the turns, but through the situations, tennis fans were treated to entertainment that was so incredible, and highlighting all the action was a match between the generations. Rafa Nadal and Carlos Alcaraz gave the huge crowd at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden shot making that was breathtaking, to say the least. This is the 15th edition of the Tennis Paradise podcast you're listening to, and we're going to try and do justice to the spectacular tennis that was played at the BNP Paribas Open. This is Craig Gabriel, and with me is Jill Krabus and Nick McCarvel. And like the amazing crowd in Stadium One, there were times when we were almost speechless with the tennis we saw. Nick and Jill, what a treat. Were you blown away, and no pun intended, by the Nadal Alcaraz match? Well, I was almost literally blown away because yeah, I was, yeah, I, I know, I was lucky to be courtside. Um, and obviously we're talking about that in the middle of that match, the conditions got really tricky. It got up to 40 mile an hour winds in some cases, but I have to say, Nick, I know you agree that both of these players handled it so well. They didn't let it frustrate them. And I think that's always a challenging thing. If you, if if it gets really tricky out there, it's tough to kind of control your emotions and easily get frustrated, but they were both extremely poised. It was one of the best matches of the tournament for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, almost two and a half hours for the first two sets. And, you know, for Rafa to drop that second set, especially when Jill says the conditions were so tough and uh, to rebound, I think for Rafa was, it just showed us once again that he has these levels and these layers to himself and his fight. That's why he's 20 and 0 this season. That's why he has 21 majors. That's why he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. And today, I think he showed that again. I, I actually thought, I told you guys before the match, I thought Alcaraz was going to win. I really did. I thought his level was so good. I thought that he was ready for a moment like this. But Rafa finds a way to uh, level up to break through a ceiling that we create for him and there's just no ceilings to his tennis and he's gonna go for a 37th Masters 1000 that would tie Novak Djokovic all time. Yeah, 6-4, three hours and about 12 minutes or something of excruciatingly incredible play. I spoke with Alcaraz after the match and he didn't really come across as being depressed or anything and, and I asked him what it was like playing that match against Nadal and the atmosphere and dealing with the windy conditions he was just, I tell you what guys, he was just so composed, just as he was on the court. Yeah, I think the maturity is really showing with him now. Juan Carlos Ferrero, he's been on his team now for a while, and he's taking everything in stride. He's learning a lot from the process, and I think that's what you have to do at his young age. He's inside the top 20, and for him to take, I, I love hearing you say that, that he's taking the positives out of this match. That's what he has to do. He has to learn. He has to keep growing in that sense. The tennis is there. Now it's about taking some of these puzzle pieces where it's like, is this an edge piece? Is this a middle piece? And finding where they exactly fit fit. I, I love the trajectory that he is on and I also love that 15,000 people here at Indian Wells and I, I would guess hundreds of thousands if not millions around the world got to learn more about him today from that match. Yeah well here's Carlos Alcaraz. Well uh, the conditions was uh, tough. No, the, in the second set a lot of windy. I mean the, we survived. <laughs> I think it wasn't a, a tennis match in the second set but the well, uh, the atmosphere was uh, amazing. Uh, in the third set, we we played the, uh, really good tennis. I think both parts. So uh, yeah, I think uh, in, the, in the in the first set, I I had to be more calm. Uh, I played really nervous, but uh, 
yeah that uh, I learned from from this I mean in the, in the next time I, I will play more calm uh, more relaxed uh, because with uh, if you are playing with with Rafa you have to be calm you have to think well in the tough moments and uh, that's the, what I learned now in, in this match now what I thought was interesting was that he was asked if he's ever broken any tennis rackets in a match and he was laughing and he said when he was young he did so I wanted to know when the last time was and he said with a big smile almost almost like sheepishly that maybe it was about three years ago and then Rafa was talking about the match and said he was very excited to be playing for a fourth title and getting this win. Well, yeah, I've been, uh, I think, an uh, entertaining match. Uh, I think it was my best match so far in the tournament. Uh, in terms of level, the, the only thing is when the game, when the wind came, was almost unplayable. But before the wind, I think... Uh, I played a great, a great match, no, and uh, and then in the third I play with the, I think a great determination uh, against a very difficult player to play. Uh, um, he's great. He has a lot of amazing things, and uh, he's super young, no. So uh, it's uh, it's an important victory for me. Being the final here again in in Indian Wells uh, means a lot. So very happy. Let's talk about the first match, guys, and how fantastic for American tennis it is to have Taylor Fritz in the final. That was a huge effort for him to upset Andre Rublev 7-5-6-4. It was incredible from Fritz, and I think that was going to be really tough because he had played a lot of tough matches before, a lot of long three-set matches, so we were wondering how he was going to hold up physically. I think he loves these conditions. The heat does not bother him at all. He loves playing in these conditions. And Rublev's a tough competitor because as well as he strikes the ball from the baseline with a lot of pace, he's also gotten better at being more consistent. But Taylor had great lead-up matches to learn how to be patient, to learn how to deal with those long points and to come through in those long points. And the way Taylor Fritz started was super important. He made a statement at the beginning, started very aggressive from the start, just to show Rublev, okay, I'm going after it. I'm here to win this match, to go after it in every way that I can. Yeah, he actually made a point of that, Jill, in the press conference. Saying, he said getting getting out uh, quickly in the match was, was going to be important. Nick, what did you think? Well, nothing has been swift about the way Taylor has come up in the ATP <laughs> rankings, but but pun was intended there, by the way. But I, I think I love the way that Taylor has matured. We saw him reach the semifinals here last year. We've seen him make breakthroughs at Indian Wells throughout the years. I love that he has Paul Anacone as a mentor. Michael Russell is one of the best guys on tour to have in your ear. And I think that Taylor is taking their advice and understanding that this is a long process. I make that little joke at the beginning, but I truly believe it. He's 24, and we had eyes on him when he was 16, 17, 18. There's no overnight Agassi, Samper, you know, I'm not saying those guys were overnight, but there's no winning a slam at 19, unless you're that special star like a Rafa. Uh, um, you know, or like a Djokovic for, per se. I think the way that Taylor now is maturing in his tennis, this was a statement win to me. He had beaten Rublev before, but Jill was saying she thought Rublev played especially well in the first set. Taylor weathered that storm, and then I just thought he continued that aggressive tennis. Maybe a little question mark around his right ankle. There's some, uh, there was some doubt on that towards the end of the match, but gosh, uh, first American in 10 years, first American man in the Indian Wells final in 10 years, and has the first has the chance to be the first American man to win here since Agassi in 2001. That is 
That is awesome. I love it. Totally awesome. And, and Taylor was naturally excited to be in his first ATP Masters 1000 final, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I uh, feel like I've served really well all week. Maybe didn't uh, prior to today, didn't play like my best tennis from the back of the court, but I feel like a little bit of that was, was nerves, kind of seeing the draw open up, you know, playing these matches where I kind of like big matches where I kind of expect myself to win. And then, you know, today was a bit different. I knew that I had to play uh, to a certain level. I couldn't kind of play the way I was playing previous matches. So uh, played by far my best match today from the ground, especially hit the ball really well. So definitely uh, kind of the confidence booster I need going into the final to like feel like I really play my best tennis. Now the women's doubles title went to Zhu Yifan and Yang Zhaoshun. They defeated Asia Muhammad and Ina Shibahara 7-5, 7-6. So let's hear from those new champions. I think uh, we're very happy we went to the tournament because uh, we were um, actually trying to get in in the beginning because we weren't able to, uh, because we, my, our ranking is pretty low and we're trying to get in, sign in on site and we got, we got lucky because, you know, Krachikova pulled out. So we were feeling like, like so lucky or yeah, <laughs> lucky. and uh, it's like a roller coaster for us so it's going like up and down every day we can play or we're not and uh, once we got in we were so excited and our first match was also close so we were 10-8 in on the third and um, but we are happy we made it and all the way till the final so um, it wasn't easy uh, the five rounds, all five rounds, but uh, we're just happy we made it, you know, all the way. The men's doubles title went to John Isner and Jack Sock. They defeated Santiago Gonzalez and Edouard Roger-Vasselin 7-6-6-3. Now let's look ahead to the final day of the 2022 BNP Paribas Open Championship and the women's and the men's singles finals. Nick, would you like to preview the women's match between Igor Swiatek and Maria Sakri? Two of them, I mean, they are just talking up each other and how much they like each other and respect one another. They, it's, it's, I think it's fantastic for, for tennis. As for Maria, she was really emotional after her semi-final win, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. Uh, she was emotional because this is the biggest final she's ever been to in her career. And she's been to semi-finals at several different occasions. Recently, actually, in Doha, where she lost to Sviantec and hasn't been able to cross that threshold, Craig. So for her, having match points against Krajika at the French Open last year in the semifinals, US Open. She, you know, she probably, a lot of people would have said she should have beaten Radakanu in that semifinal. She didn't. So now to come through this into the final to beat uh, Paula Bedosa, I think that it is a huge moment for her. It's also a huge moment for Iga Sviantek. The winner of this match becomes the WTA number two, which is huge. You know, there's only one player above them and Ash Barty chose not to come to North America. That's, that's on her onus, that's fine. But I think this has a little bit of bragging rights with it because of that number two ranking. Zachary, 3-1 head-to-head, -head, but we mentioned that Doha meeting. That was a Sviantek win. So that's the most recent win. I think she's got the confidence. I love both the way both of these players are playing. They're being aggressive, they're being physical, they're moving around the court, they're not afraid. That body movement, they're not afraid to come off of the baseline and move forward and attack. And um, I just think, you know, for me overall, it's going to be who takes their most, the chances the most 
who is brave and who handles the moment. Because sometimes in these moments, it can feel like, okay, if I take a chance, what's going to happen? And greatness can happen on Sunday for one of these women. And I'm really, truly excited to see uh, how this match shapes out. Well, we're going to hear from both Sakari and Shriantek back to back. And, uh, you know, they are obviously, as you'd expect, looking forward to this final. Obviously, we know that she has been playing very, very good the last uh, since the beginning of the year. I would say um, she's one of the more most consistent players this season, and she has a lot of confidence. We played each other last, uh, I mean, in Doha, and she was, you know, the better player that day and the better player in the tournament. But um, I really respect her, and I, you know, really like her because she's a lovely girl and she's very nice. And whatever she has achieved, she really deserves it. So. Yeah, but you know, I, on the other hand, I just have um, full faith and a lot of confidence on my game and on myself right now. I don't know how I'm going to use the experiences that I had in Doha against her um, in these conditions because it's pretty different. Now, Jill, what are your thoughts going into the men's final with Rafa Nadal taking on Taylor Fritz? Well, it's going to be a battle. I mean, they played one other time in Acapulco on a hard court, so slightly similar conditions. I do think Acapulco probably a little bit faster than it is here at Indian Wells. But it's good that Taylor Fritz has played him before. I think that always is tough when you're playing Rafa for the first time, just to get used to that intensity that he brings to the court. So Fritz is going to be very familiar with that. I think we both talked earlier about um, their their health and physically how they're feeling. I know at the end of Fritz's match, he grabbed his ankle, right ankle, a few times. And he actually said, I think that he didn't know if he'd be able to continue if it actually went to a third set. So hopefully he's recovering pretty quickly for tomorrow because it is a fast turnaround um, and also Rafa in his match against Alcaraz he had the trainer out for a moment to quickly look at his pec just to make sure he's feeling okay it was good news that it was a very quick um, visit from the trainer so that was good to see that he didn't need a medical timeout. I want to just make a point of this because he addressed that in the press conference and he said he was very conscious of the youngster on the other side of the net and his countrymen. He didn't want to disrupt him, and he said he didn't even take the full time um, uh, for that would have been could have been allocated to him. Oh wow! I mean, that just goes to show you what kind of person he is. I mean, we see the player obviously over and over again, but just the grace that he brings to the court all the time, the huge respect that he has for all his opponents. I mean, that's just fantastic to hear, in my opinion. That's incredible. But it's going to be a battle. I mean, it's hard to kind of go against Rafa. Obviously, he's been in these situations way more often, so he has that experience. I think it could be a slight edge. And for Fritz, I mean, he's got to start the way he started against Rublev. He's got to go after it right away. I think anytime he gets a second serve on Rafa, he's going to have to be really aggressive and go after it and try and make that statement, just like he did so well with Rublev. You know what, I, I asked Taylor Fritz, um, I said, what's the worst and what's the best thing about playing Rafa Nadal? The worst thing is probably just knowing that he's just going to keep fighting. He's always going to be there every point. He's not going like, to give you anything. It's just the, the competitiveness. Like He's always going to want it so bad. And the best thing I'd say is maybe just, uh, I don't know, from, I mean, if, from my standpoint, maybe I'm not gonna get completely like served off the court. I can potentially get looks at return games, but he's such a good returner, it kind of works the other way. He's gonna get looks at, at my serve. It's not, I'm, you know, I've been serving great all week, but he'll still return my serve. I asked Rafa if his only match against Fritz 
would have any bearing when they meet in the final over here. They played the final of Acapulco in 2020. This is what Rafa had to say. I don't think so. No, I think different circumstances, uh, different moments of our careers. I, I honestly, I Greg, I, I don't. Okay, when matches happens uh, in a short period of time, maybe yes, uh, that you can have a, a, ref, a reference. Uh, it's correct the word uh, on that, but when it happens two years before, a lot of things changes on on our lives, on our careers. So. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we, probably both of us, we are different players. So, no, uh, I don't know. I don't think create makes any impact on that. No, I, I, I am ready to, to face a very tough opponent that he's playing with amazing confidence. Well, that brings a close to this episode of the Tennis Paradise podcast. It's been another remarkable day with stunning matches. On behalf of Jill and Nick, thanks for listening in. Till our final day at the BNP Paribas Open, this is Craig Gabriel. <laughs>